Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's topic, five ways to master Horseman's third law of interviewing, part one of two. Hi everyone, this is Mike, and welcome back to Manager Tools. You know, lately we've gotten a lot of questions from our many members about our interviewing series. Because of the uncertainties many are facing today, we thought it might be helpful to return to our guidance on interviewing. So what is Horseman's third law of interviewing? We'll take 90% less ability for 10% more attitude every day of the week. When the market is tighter than normal, it's mostly supply-driven and not demand-based right now, organizations are even more particular about hiring the very best they can find. Sure, hiring companies want great backgrounds with great accomplishments, but if you're interviewing in the next six months, what ability do you have to change your accomplishments? Well, what you can change is your preparation and your attitude of energy and enthusiasm in the interview. As we like to say, here's how. Look, even for you, this this whole ninety percent less ability and ten percent more attitude—that's it, got to be a stretch. <laughs> I, I mean, come on, give me a break. I, you high eyes think that hyperbole and exaggeration are completely factual, and this 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 whole thing just dri- drives me crazy. What you're suggesting is that I hire a moron with a great attitude for my senior mm-hmm. architect position. Um. Okay, maybe maybe not a moron. Um, <laughs> Okay, but but <laughs> um, I, I, um, let me put it this way: it is a fact that ethical hyperbole, not unethical, and I think this is an ethical example, ethical hyperbole and exaggeration are effective, e- even if your example is probably an unethical one. Okay, yeah. but I, it, you know, come come on though. I mean, really? I mean, ninety percent less ability? That's you know, that's just over the top, and yeah. some people, like me, are going to have yeah. a hard time with that. Yeah. Well, what, why, don't you, why don't we spend this podcast going over all the things you have a hard time with? I mean, surely the list is long. It's very, it's very long, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is totally hyperbolic. Um, it is not technically true, but it falls into the honored and respected category of, you're going to love this, puffery. I'm sure you're familiar with puffery, having your yeah. long career in sales. Yeah, well, there's um, a Supreme Court decision around puffery, believe it or not, right? Yeah, and when you over, yeah, if you exaggerate, but it's within the the, the realm of um, excitable, uh, trying to excite customers, but it's not technically wrong. It is a reasonable form of business and marketing speech, and and basically the ninety and ten thing is I am trying to market the idea that uh, there is a there is a much more quickly point, a much more quickly reached point of diminishing returns when it comes to ability in jobs. And too many people look for the perfect abilities and then wonder why the person they hire turns out like crap. And the reason is because they hired somebody with a crummy attitude. And that, of course, you know, this is the whole people are hired for technical reasons and fired for people reasons, right? And people reasons so often show up in well, what do managers say who don't know how to give feedback? Well, he or she has a has a bad attitude. So yeah, it, it is hyperbolic. We intend it as such. It is not as hyperbolic as people want to believe. Good. Okay. That makes me feel better. That's more rational. And the fact that, that you actually understand that 
there's some puffery there. It makes me feel better about our yeah. partnership. So great. We can, yeah, good. <laughs> we can continue on with this podcast. <laughs> that would be good. Um, you're not saying though, that, that you think attitude doesn't have a place in interviewing. I mean, oh, no, of course not. I, look, attitude is huge. Yeah. Look, see, okay. There's you and puffery huge, <laughs> right? Uh, over the top, hyperbolic. <laughs> Hey, That's speaking, me. you know what? We, we never talked about it. I, I know you, well, I, I assumed you turned it down unless you're Superman and you're doing two jobs and I don't know about it, but um, how would you describe your energy level? We never talked about your CIO interview, right? When you interviewed um, right before we started, when you got that great offer. So how would you describe your energy level in the interview for that CIO job? Well, how was that? Oh, man. <laughs> I, was, I was working hard. Of course. I was upbeat, positive, energetic. I was you, right? And, and frankly, it was a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you were me, they would never have offered you um, what they offered you. You, yeah, I think uh, that's more like you were just being as smart interviewing you, which, which you know, that, yeah, I, that's a good way to think about this, frankly, is that people, there are probably some people out there who are low key, who are intense, who are focused, all the stuff we're going to talk about. And they would say, you know, I don't want to be Mark, right? I, I don't want to be that energetic guy. And, and that's not what we're suggesting with Horseman's Third Law. What we're suggesting is you get the most out of the energy and enthusiasm you have. And if you are yourself and they turn you down and yourself is low key and not energetic, um, I, I hate to say it, but when I, when I talk about interviewing, I try to, I try to hit people between the eyes as often as I can because it seems to take that sometimes to motivate people to be willing to change in this artificial environment. If you don't get what you want because you weren't enthusiastic, but you say you were intense and focused and they just don't like you or realize you, don't come crying to me when you don't get the job. Um, the, the reason it, uh, the third law is so hyperbolic is again to get people's attention. It, um, Interviewing is a horrible, horrible system. It's just grossly inefficient. Um, and I think I've said it before, it's it's like Churchill's comment about democracy. It's the second worst form of government and all the others are tied for last. Right. Um, and, and what's terrible about it is it's, it's a horrible system and it's an incredibly important one. Um, and And so in light of that, you need every tool in your arsenal to be successful. And this Horseman's Third Law is one of them. Yeah. And energy and enthusiasm expressed in the right way right. Are, are just simply huge competitive advantages. So, so okay. So, let's share our guidance on the third law. What do we have? Okay. We got we have five ways to express energy in the interview. Um, these are the great – the thing we're going to love about this, and um, I think years ago, maybe the best word I ever heard in my life was behavior um, because these are all behaviors. I mean, we're not, we're not talking mindset. We're talking behaviors. Um, and on each of the five, we recommend because they're behaviors. The great thing about behaviors, folks, is when you have a behavior, you can practice it, right? It's not a state of mind. You don't need to be Zen-like, although Zen-like is good. Um, so we recommend specific practice steps for each of the five um, ways to express your energy against Horseman's Third Law. And those five are number one, smile. Uh, number two, handshake. I know I've already turned people off with smile. It's kind of funny. Smile, handshake. Number three is voice volume. Number four is gestures. Number five is posture, and number six is laugh. Dude, let's let's go off off mic here a bit. Um, you said five. You listed six. And, and and by the way, I think when you told everybody you couldn't get that CIO job, you weren't the right person. I think you were absolutely right. You can't See, this count. is this is this is a good. You know, if I offer you to sell you five cases of something for a dollar, 
and then you give me a dollar and I give you six and you're like, wow, you miscounted. I'm not going to say I take them back. I said, hey, this is just a bonus for doing business with me. Um, us us um, hyperbolic types always over deliver. That's what companies want to hire. They want extra. They want more. They want better. They want faster. And one of the key ways that you do that is with energy in the interview. So I'm okay. I, yeah. I stand corrected. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and they also want us to start the cast. You, by the way, you know what though? But, but let me let me ask you something though. Do, do you think there's any doubt out there? And, and, and think about it from the from the high D's and C's. Think about it from the engineers and the technical guys that you and I have known for years, right? Executives, managers, individual contributors, and so on. Is there anybody that doubts that the sale that an interview is a sales opportunity? I mean, no. do, do you think that's a clear? I mean, what do you think? Uh, in terms of executives and, and we're, we're not, we're not talking about people right out of college, right? We're talking about right. executive yeah, experience yeah. folks. Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt about it. Okay. But there's no doubt. Do you think there's any doubt among, of all the people we know, do you think everybody just takes that for granted? I mean, do, do they understand it's a sales situation and they need to engage in oh, sales oh, behaviors? Oh, 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 yeah. Um, God, I, I think if you had a conversation with them, they would admit that they're, that it is a sales situation. But I think there are a lot of people who don't have that mindset going into oh, it. And so, the, yeah. so they lose the opportunity. You, you ask them, they say, yeah, of course. But yeah. there's a big difference in terms of intellectually understanding it after Indeed. the interview and, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and having that mindset going into the interview, right? Well, that, that, that's actually where the third law came from is the whole – the knowing versus doing gap. The intellectual people say, yeah, I know it's a sales situation. And, and, and my point is is that this these are behaviors that are sales behaviors. If you tell somebody you're in a sales situation and then they don't engage in any sales behaviors, well, you could not infer after the fact that they were in a sales situation, right? right. Or, or a technical situation or whatever situation it is. Um, it could be a personal situation. It could be a speech. Any, any situation you're in, I should be able to infer from your behaviors the situation you were in if you don't engage in any sales behaviors i can't assume that you know that someone knows that it was a sales situation right. um well so i don't think i don't think it's the 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 problem is not the fact that folks don't realize it's a sales situation it is that this whole group of people who have this idea in their mind that unless they be themselves, right? Unless any any kind of sales type behavior, inter, any type of yeah. influ, influencing type behavior, is somehow unethical. It's immoral. Right. It, it's right. not being yourself, and that's that's a hurdle. I think a lot of us have. Yeah, I, I think the unethical part of it is part of it, and then I also think that's not me, and I don't want to not be me. And right. I think I think most managers would have to admit that um, assuming the same level of ability that the person who comes across more energetic, more enthusiastic, smiling, and so on, without being weird about it, and there are those people, there's one-tenth of one percent who are just over the top about it, um, they, they prefer those people, all things being equal. And they may not even have data, but they know it at some level that they do. Anyway, I'm right, sorry. Right, And the other uh, challenge, of course, is that the hiring manager knows it's a sales situation, right? Yeah, that's, and, that's, and, yeah, and they that's assume, what I was getting at. They yeah. assume that you're in there selling. Yeah. And if, if, you're, if they assume you're selling and you're not, and they perceive that why, boy, this is how he is when he's interviewing. Yeah, I yeah. can't imagine what he's going to be like when he shows up to work. That's exactly right. Yeah, if this is the best he's got, he's not the he or she's not the person I need for this situation. I need I need somebody who can, you know, do great, can push the boundaries, can lead us, can can be a, a, a net positive for the team rather than a net neutral or a net negative. 
right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking for a warm body. I'm looking for, maybe I'm not looking for a home run, but I'm looking for a double or a triple. Right. No. Yeah. Good. Okay. Sorry, and, and for those folks who think this is just a big long tangent, um, it is a tangent, but the, the, the point is there is a whole, there, there are a number of folks that have some difficulty in terms of doing some of the things we're going to talk about. And so we're just asking if you're in that yeah. boat, put those concerns aside, listen and think about doing something differently. All right. So there you with go. that, let's yeah. get on with number one, smile. Yeah. Um, um, smile it is. Look, I, I have three recommendations regarding smiling. I, I could probably come up with 20, you know me, but well, I'll keep it to three. First, and th- this is the one that, that I think people know, but they then don't necessarily behave around. Your smile must be the first thing the interviewer know, sees or notices about you. If she, he or she sees or notices anything else first, that is a strike against you. Right. Okay. But, but let me challenge you once again here a little bit okay. on behalf of our members and listeners. We've talked about smiling a lot, about its value and the need for it at certain times. Right, right, right. But the fact is that many, many people simply do not do it easily. They don't see smiling as, like we talked about before, they don't see it as who they are. Someone right. that's, and they wouldn't say necessarily that they have a problem with it. Right. They, they're fine if others do it, right? Sure. Right. But it's and not the face they project to the world. Right. They're more focused. They're more intense. They're driven. They're thinking about work. They're solving problems. They're doing all that as they go through their day. And, you know, to, to some of us, you know, it's, it's a game face. Smiling is not part of our game face. I mean, we're, right. we're, we're getting things done, and we don't have time for smiling. Well, look, I, I, I completely agree with you. Um, I, I, I respect people's choices that they make about how they live their life and so on. Um, I want people to feel comfortable with who they are and what they do. Uh, I'll give you a longer answer, but my short answer right now is it's okay to be who you are. And if you're reasonably intelligent and you have overwhelming data that suggests that being who you are is not necessarily commensurate with the things that effective people do, don't complain about yourself not being effective, not getting promoted and not getting your share of the rewards. Just don't. So, so look, I, I see those people all the time. You, you and I know them, right? I mean, we see them every day traveling at home at work. Sometimes, like, like the example of me walking to the airport and not smiling, right, until I run into somebody. Um, um, at home, at work, at conferences with clients, executives, managers, professionals, individual contributors, doesn't matter. Um, we see them all the time. And, you know, let me just, let me, big picture, I'll share two thoughts. Um, the first one is there's way too much evidence, way, way, way too much evidence, folks, to suggest that smiling people do better than those that don't smile. I'm sorry, the data are, do not suggest. The data scream at you, um, hey, stupid. <laughs> and they scream at me too, hey, stupid. Um, smiling is better. It reduces tension. It diffuses conflict. Um, it increases attraction. Um, it just, other people want to work with you. It increases the chances for compromise. The data are voluminous, overwhelming. It's silly. Um, what I think is funny though about this is, um, there are those out there and dude, when you think about it, you and I know a couple people that would fit this perfectly, right? I'm sure you have one or two of them in your mind right now. Um, they would say, I, I don't see, smiling or, or a smile as who I am. And these are often the people that are more task focused and, and less people focused, right? It's fine, right? Neither one is right or wrong task or people. Uh, we would say more DC if you're a disc person, uh, left, left hemisphere, if you will. Um, 
And, and yet, those same people profess to be about data and about logic. But look, the logic and data about this topic are long since decided. The case is closed. Um, people who smile more achieve People who smile more achieve more with less effort and less conflict than those who don't smile. And when, I'll tell you my experience. When I get irritated with a client who won't smile, and, and, and folks, if you're wondering about if your boss were to hire me to come coach you and you were going to say, you know, my boss says I don't get along with people, the first thing I would look at is smile, and 90% of the time you stink at it. And if you're not willing to change that, I would say that's fine. You're just, you're willing to put your personal preference over, over the effectiveness of the organization. Fine. I don't, you know, save yourself some money. I don't need to come see you. It's okay, but just don't complain. Don't, don't want to eat your cake and then have it too. Right. Um, look, I, I, when I, when, when they won't smile, I say your reasons are silly. You're ignoring the data about success. Um, and with most of these clients who don't smile, they're usually data driven or success obsessed. I, like I said, I tell them they're putting their personal preference over what they profess to be about. Um, I actually think it's a it's it's a function of lack of confidence. But regardless, um, I, I don't mind if you're about data and logic. That's fine, um, and it's okay if you want a per personal preference o over being effective. I, I do it sometimes, right? Um, but you're going to be thought a fool if you know smiling works. You choose not to do it. And then you complain about why you're not getting what you want. And I hate to say it, but that's only my first point. Yeah. Good. Well, that, that, that was, was subtle, which was we're talking, of course, to those people who are data focused, data driven. Right. And you just gave them a bunch of data to suggest that they actually smile. So, okay. Yeah. Subtle. Um, but of course, I'm the, I'm the one person here who could imagine that there's actually more. So yeah. you're, so I give you license. What's your second yeah. point? Uh, we already really alluded to this, right? We're talking about interviewing here, folks. It's an artificial reality designed by companies, organizations to keep people out. If it didn't exist, we just hire anybody randomly. <laughs> Randomness is such a bad thing. Um, Everyone is always asking me for inside information, for the real deal, for the scoop, the one key thing to do, as if in an hour with another person, it just takes one thing. Um, uh, all To me, all this interest when people ask me, I mean, I could stop here in town. People want to know about interviews. Like, what? Um, uh, all, to me, all that energy is a clear indication that people both don't know what is going on in interviews and that they care about their outcome. And that's scary to people. Um uh, to then hear that smiling is a key ingredient in expressing your energy and then to choose to ignore it in light of one's own personality biases, I'll, 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 I'll unearth an old phrase of mine. This, folks, is galactically stupid. <laughs> I never I put, thought we'd okay, that Okay, put again. it another way, right? I've, I've danced around this a bunch. I don't care if anybody smiles, but I do care if they're successful. And I can't figure out how to reasonably divorce the two. You have to work harder to be successful if you're not going to smile and doubly harder if you don't smile in an interview. If you're looking for the easiest high value behavior, I'm sorry, if you're looking for the easiest highest value behavior to increase a firm's perception of your energy level, and you ought to be always in interviews, but even more so in today's market in light of the way things are today, smiling is your holy grail. Yeah, you know, and what I'm really excited about here is it, not that I'm smiling. Though, yeah, to be not too honest. Yeah. Is that we got some ideas how to practice it? Absolutely. Um, 
And for those who think, what, what are we talking about here? Practicing smiling. It's crazy talk, right? Crazy <laughs> talk. Um, it's not. It's it, you, you do. You can. You can. You can practice it. And for those of you who are, who are worried because you think you know what's happening here, we're, we're, we're not actually going to suggest that you practice by looking at yourself in the mirror. Um, we think that it's about as stupid as you do. And we have evidence to suggest that it doesn't really work. It doesn't so really we're not work. <laughs> yeah, so look, you're, you're off the hook with that one. Yeah. What you've got to do is get yourself on video. We talk about the use of the video in the interviewing series, taping yourself a weekly for a number of weeks, say four to six weeks before you go out and interview. Get a friend to ask you the big questions with a video camera over their shoulder pointed at you sitting 10 feet or so from them. The way you practice smiling, big surprise, is to actually smile. Um, but but you, you tape yourself twice in one evening. Once while thinking about smiling in your interview, I'll tell you a way to do that in a second, and, and another time not thinking about smiling. Um, and look, the, the way to actually think about smiling is to have a sign. I, this sounds corny, but this is how I do it when I coach executives and it really works is have a sign under or to one side of your friend who's videotaping you, who's really not in camera view, right? You're just looking over their shoulder and down at their feet, a big cardboard sign or some poster board with just the word smile on it. Now, write it big, so big you don't even have to look at it to know it's there. I'm talking like two foot tall letters here. Big, big, big. Okay. The analogy I use with executives um, uh, I'm coaching is the anal I have an analog clock on my office wall. I have one right in front of me too. Um, I have a clock on nearly every wall, everywhere in my office and my house. Um, and um, it's, it's one of those outdoor clocks. It's two feet across, white face, black letters, black numbers. And um, um, I don't have to look at it, even though it's a left. it's on the wall to my left. I don't have to look at it to know what time it is because I can look at my desk and see where the hands are. Um, again, I don't have to look at it. It's big enough that I can see it. And, and same thing with the sign. If you put a poster board with two foot high letters saying smile on it at the feet of the person who's interviewing you, you don't have to look down at the sign to know that the sign is yelling at you. Hey, Hey, you on tape smile. <laughs> right. And, and that's all it takes really to remind folks to, to try at least to try to keep smiling periodically through the interview. Yeah. Again, just that big sign on the periphery of their vision. Now, um, when I'm the one doing the interviewing, if I'm the one with the camera over my shoulder, I, I just smile a lot at the person, although it doesn't work as well as you might think. Um, for many non-smilers who are being interviewed, it just kind of startles them. They get reminded in the middle of the sentence, they suddenly smile and oops, it was when they were talking about a layoff or something. Um, they're sort of disconnected. The, the facial expression is disconnected from the, the cognitive uh, information they're putting out. You, you just want the reminder always there so that when they're pausing mentally, they will think about the right time to be smiling. Right. And, and you want to tape yourself twice. Yeah. Yeah. Usually we recommend like one taping and then you, you don't look at it that night. You look at it the next day, the next morning. Um, but if you're working on smiling more, and again, for many of you, I have to highly recommend it. Um, do one interview where you just behave normally while answering the questions, then do the same interview again. And it only has to be 20 or 30 minutes each time. You don't do 45 minute to an hour long interviews. You, you won't get there if your friend is just asking you the big questions, even if they're asking three or four of them. Um, but, but you do it again after you do it the first time and get your jitters out because it's Saturday night. That's when we recommend doing it. Um, 
because you shouldn't be going anywhere else if you're getting ready to interview anyway. Um, uh, so you, you do it once normally and then you do it again. And this time smiling more with the sign. Don't have the sign up in the first interview. Put the sign up in the second interview. Um, if you do it the other way around, it doesn't work as well because now you're just getting comfortable delivering your answers on tape for the first time on Saturday night after a week of not doing it. And now you're thinking about smiling at the same time. It's crazy pills. Um, but if you practice smiling the second time when you're a little more relaxed, you've just delivered the answers 15, 20 minutes ago. You're a little bit more comfortable. You'll be able to squeeze some more smiles in there. And you'll notice. Right. So, is, is, and that's not where the value, though, is. The value is in watching your video. Yeah. yeah. Now you can see that it looks pretty normal. And when you smile, right. it actually comes across as being more energetic, more engaging, more personable. Right. And while we can argue about whether those are good criteria, we can't argue that they are criteria. That is a $64,000 thing. I think, you know, I think there are people that subtly want to push back against the system, right? And right. so they say, I don't want to be judging my smile, so I'm not going to smile. Well, guess what? You're not in charge. <laughs> This is my interview. I'm interviewing you, and smiling is a criteria. Um, I'm sure we're going to hear from somebody who says smiling is not a criteria, uh, and that's okay. You're entitled to that, but we, we, we respectfully suggest that you're reaching the limits of your professional endeavors. Um, if you don't may, look for maybe people it isn't. Smile. I mean, it could. Maybe it's not. But but the fact is, we're talking to a lot of people here, and in 99% of the cases. It actually is. So yeah, we'll just in talk today's about world, you better be a curve. bloody genius with a killer track record if you think and get by with as little smiling as some of you do. Um, and look, hey, something else. Um, don't overjudge yourself the first few video tries. Being self-conscious about smiling is a bit like holding your arms at your side when you start a presentation. Everybody thinks it feels totally weird. You think you look weird, but you don't. You look fine. The purpose here is for you to begin to smile much more as you practice so you can simply be comfortable doing something so important when you're interviewing for the money. Good. All right. Enough about this smiling crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number two is handshake. Yeah. Oh, I, I, one more thing. If you oh, doubt more folks, about smiling. Well, I'm sorry. One more thing. If you doubt folks that smiling is important, why are everybody getting cosmetic dentistry and whitening their teeth? Hmm. Yeah, you think about that. Okay. Good point. Now that's not like a seventh point in this podcast, right? Get get cosmetic surgery. No, we're not, not going that far. Okay. No, no, we're not. No, not yet. I mean, maybe maybe, maybe hundred years in the future, executives will do that. I don't know. Okay. So uh, smile implants. Maybe I don't know. Um. <laughs> All right. What about the handshake? Handshake. Total missed opportunity here for many people. Smiling is crucial because it's your first impression around energy, about about your attitude with the interviewer, and handshake is the second. Yeah, and too many folks, once their first eye contact is made and they're thinking so intently about smiling, go yeah. right back to their normal <laughs> handshake, which is, oh, let's say, not so hot. We should do a video of, of, of uh, with a voiceover of what's going through somebody's head in an interview, right? Smile, 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 handshake. Oh, gosh, darn it. Don't oh, trip. <laughs> that would be good. That would be good. Oh, man, your hand's all wet. Not good. Oh, no. He's got on the same tie I do. Oh, no. <laughs> it's one big, long, oh, no. <laughs> um, yeah, not so hot is right. Um, really a bad idea in general to put your best foot forward and then drag the other one behind it. Uh, look, the smile happens and you just keep your energy up right 
carried right into your handshake. Think of it in a positive sense. If you can nail the smile and the handshake right at the beginning, that's going to feel good and give you yet even more energy and positive attitude to carry through the interview. Putting out this energy early will give you some back. Positive emotional states are not zero-sum gains. This is not ruled by the law of scarcity, actually. It's ruled by the law of abundance. Give more and feel yourself getting more, and it's a virtuous cycle, not a vicious cycle. Good. Okay, so exactly how do we show energy with the handshake? Oh, this is manager tools, isn't it? Yeah, we have to tell them how, what actually to do. It would be nice. Yeah. It would be nice. Yeah, somebody asked me to come talk recently about the theory of something. I said no. Um, You could look it up. Um, look, if, if our audience has listened to the handshake class cast, please folks go listen to it. Um, they probably know what's not the way to show energy. It's not the squeezing pressure you apply to the other person's finger bones. <laughs> <laughs> it's pain is not part of energy. Okay. Yeah, it's generally not. Okay. I mean, at least in my experience, uh, uh, that's not only not the way to project energy. It's a way to send a message of physical strength which is often perceived as a lack of subtlety and a lack of professional respect and a lack of executive demeanor. Okay. So, so okay. So, so for those who have not heard, or it's been a while since they've listened to the handshake cast, the famous 10 minute cast, that was 50 minutes of nothing but steps on a handshake. Um, review it for us a little yeah, bit. Yeah, sure. Key um, points. Yeah, it, it is step seven. I think out of the 10 that we, we walk through the, the famous, the famous five minute cast that turned into 55 minutes, right? Here's the key. Number step seven is push them back. I'm not talking about two hands to the shoulders, <laughs> um, <laughs> right, okay. but basically what we recommend is this is and it's closely related to steps five and six, which are elbow in and web to web. Briefly, we don't need to revisit the cast. Now holding your elbow close to your side ensures that the motions you engage in will tend to be fully projected toward your interviewer as opposed to wasted by going side to side. Um, and web to web means that the webbing between your thumb and forefinger, this is the most important things in great thing in great handshakes, folks. The webbing between your thumb and forefinger must meet their webbing between their thumb and, for, thumb and forefinger. If you do those two things, the elbow in and the webbing thing, the way you impart energy the really only surefire way to impart energy positively through a handshake is to put a little extra speed into your hand, moving forward towards them right as your hand is about to meet theirs. Your hand pushes theirs back just a little bit. Once you feel that their hand has moved back, you can ease off. We, we don't need 10 inches of movement. Six inches is just fine. Yeah, and folks, there's a lot more good information in that cast. So if you haven't, even if you have, now please go back and listen and re-listen. It's one yeah. of our classics for many of our listeners. Okay, so now how do we how do we practice handshakes? Um, you could shake hands a lot. Okay, um, good. thanks. No, again, video, video, Always video, useful. video. When you interview yourself, the way we talked about earlier, include the initial greeting portion that happens with every interview at the beginning of your taping. Don't just have the taping start when you're sitting across from your friend. Have your friend turned to right angles of the camera so that when you walk up to them, and by the way, their left side, 
their left side will be facing, will be to their left shoulder will be toward the camera. So your right shoulder will be toward the camera. And, and <clears throat> that way, when you push, you'll be able to see whether or not your elbow continues to move and pushes their hand back. Okay. Um, yeah. And, and you, well, f- any angle you want, as long as you can see whether or not their, 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 um, their hand is moving back. That's the key. It's not the strength. It's not the speed of the up and down. It's not whether your body is moving. It's not how tall you are. It's nothing. It's literally the energy projection and handshake is about their hand moving back. And you want to get that on tape and you watch it the next day to see whether or not you're doing it. And if you're not doing it, you want to push a little harder next time. Right. Easy. But, but again, if you just practice without any feedback and the feedback's coming from the video, video, you're you're going to get off track. I mean, that's yeah. why we recommend practicing with the video. Right. Practice without feedback really, frankly, just just gets you into a bad groove, and we yeah. don't want that. Look, when Tiger Woods hits 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 uh, practice shots, okay. Once the ball leaves the club, he no longer has any ability to influence it, but he still looks at each one of his practice shots. He has totally got to see whether he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. He has an intent in his mind for the ball, and then he hits it. Same thing with Mike Jordan. He, 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 we watch whether the ball goes in the basket, right? Um, we watch. We pay attention. And one of the things that makes high-performing athletes the world over successful is they practice like maniacs. Um, everything I read about true success, about genius, uh, physical genius, mental genius, emotional genius, uh, strategic genius, operational genius, it absolutely can be learned. And it's learned by rigorous, hard practice and setting high standards. Um, and, and so you've got to look at yourself. You've got to pay attention. And, and it only takes a few minutes. Um, you know, there, if you're watching TV at all in your life, you have enough time to practice for interviewing. Right. Do you get the, the sense that, that video is becoming one of those kind of key tools for managers and people in general in terms of using, using video in this way? Oh, I, I do. And in fact, you and I have talked about it, um, you know, about webcams and all that kind of stuff. I, I absolutely believe that we'll at some point go to distributed training and there will be video and there will be people who will be watching video of people and paying attention to their behaviors um, and and just checking on things and, and video into it to a meeting and maybe just observing. I, I'm, I'm amazed that managers say, well, I can't observe them. They're not they're not. You know, I'm I'm not with them. I said, well, you got video, right? And he's, they say, yeah, but, you know, they act funny and so on. No, I absolutely believe video. And, and the prices are are reachable and it's easy and it doesn't, you know, you don't need this incredible quality, right? You don't need this incredible high quality. Sometimes you do, but generally not. So, yeah, absolutely. I think it's it, it's approaching um, ubiquity in a way that that'll have good and bad. Um, right. But if you're not using it and it's a tool, um, you're a step behind. Yeah. Most people have the ability to do it, and they're not using it in this way. Um, So, okay. Well, folks, that's it for this week. We'll finish this one up next week. In the meantime, join us on the discussion forums, www.managertools.com forward slash forums. We'll see you there. So long, everyone.